What's good, Bucket Busters? This is your host, Ro Zapanta, and this is my co-host, the glorious, the notorious, Tim Johnson. Rip City! And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast, locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. We are a show with no rules, just a couple of friends who so happen to love Portland basketball. Tim Johnson. Yes, sir. How you living, my friend? I'm doing so good on this lovely day in Portland. Man, I am doing good too because, man, game three and four, three seemed a little choppy, but four, dude, we put the smack down and I can't wait to talk with Blazer Ben about that. That's first on the show. Second is other Blazers news. And third, of course, is giving props. But first, here is a word from our sponsor. Get a little more out of watching NBA games with Daily Fantasy. Every Norman Powell drive, Nurkic rebound, or game game winner means so much more when you're playing with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Man, we just had our recent jersey giveaway by TBPN, and the rules were very simple. All you had to do for the giveaway was on Twitter, follow at HoopsPodNet and at BustedBucket, and retweet that giveaway tweet. And guess what, Rip City? Tim? Rip City. We did it. Rip City came through, came through with a grand total of 115 retweets at the deadline. Now, because we won, we're going to do a live drawing. And we're going to do it this Sunday, most likely the, the day this episode is published. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who do we beat out for this uh, giveaway, Ro? What's unbelievable is that Rip City did this in Dame time, man. We did Dame this time. the day of the <laughs> deadline. We only had like 27 tweets. And I got to give some shout outs, man, because I put out a tweet. I said, tell your friends to tell their friends. And you know who did? Who did? Kimmy Ann. Kimmy Ann and Crazy, crazy Kitty. Kitty. Like, oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness, man. They, they just started tagging everyone. Started tagging everyone. We got to 115 retweets to overtake. The Mavs, Outsiders, and the Solar Panel Podcasts. Like, it was absolutely incredible. Hey, and we didn't just beat them. We blew them right out of the water. Oh, they got waxed. They got absolutely waxed. I think, think, hey, shout out to the podcast on our network. We love you guys. We we wish you nothing but but success. Absolutely. uh, Except for when you're battling us because you got to know, Rip City's bringing the heat every time. Rip City got the best fan base absolutely the best fan base and we showed it through this contest and i can't wait to give this free jersey on sunday on a live twitter tweet man that's gonna be absolutely incredible it's gonna be legit anyway let's get going with standings here all right rather playoff matchups so the jazz grizzlies the jazz are winning two to one looks like the the mavericks are up on the clippers two to one the lakers are up on the suns two to one that's the one that we really have to pay attention to because whoever's the winner of that portland's gonna have to face and portland now two two with the denver nuggets it's a new series it's a new series and i tell you what uh uh-huh i tell you what they were in control tonight today they were definitely they were definitely in control today and who better than to bring in 
but our friend, Blazer Ben. Blazer Ben, how you living, my friend? Bingo, bango, bongo, Blazer fans. Yo, dude. So, let me talk about this game real quick. Blazers, 115, 95. But the real question is, Ben, Tim, you guys were at both home games. Oh, yeah. How yes, was sir. it? How was it there? How was the playoff atmosphere? I'm going to start with Tim. Oh, man. It was, you know, I will say for not being at a game for so long since the pandemic started, it was the first game was surreal, man. Like the chills you got walking into the arena. It was phenomenal. It was different. It was definitely different. I mean, going going to games previously where you'd have a packed house every game it was louder than you can imagine yeah. um to you know what what was it nine thousand fans 8, it wasn't 8, as 000. loud yeah but i but i tell you what it made a difference it, it definitely made a difference you could i'm i don't know what it sounded like on the broadcast but you know there were times in there where where people got pumping man i mean it was it was legit in there um this game people were going nuts this game was even i mean obviously we won but it was even crazier than the than the loss that we had a couple days prior man it was awesome i don't i don't know uh how ben feels about it but man it was so good being there and you know you I, we sat uh kind of near the blazer bench and you could you could see it in their faces man they loved it the players nice. loved it yeah, ben. so you I mean you you can you can feed off when I can't went to the Lakers game, you know, with the first home game with with fans, and I told you I'd like teared up at the at the start of the mm -hmm. game at intros and stuff like that, you know. So yeah. now I hope you feel like what I felt and can, and you know understand that it's it's emotional still, like even today's game. Yeah. Even at the at the national anthem, you know, I was standing there looking at the flag, you know, just got a little chill in my body, just going down, and it was just like, man, this just it just feels right, you know. Dude, that's all, all that's is right awesome. in the world when we can go to Blazer games. I know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And catch a win. <laughs> yes. And catch a and win. Did they have confetti? Did they do they that? They did have confetti. What's up? We are yeah, dead. my, my, do we my are daughter back. was very upset. We were in the 200 <laughs> level, and she was unable to get a handful of confetti to bring home to her room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, wait, can we, go, can we go down there and grab a handful of that confetti? I'm like, ah, honey, I'm, they're not really letting people just roam around, you know. And we're, we're in the club level right now, and it's not going to shoot over our way. Sorry. She's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Am I, not really That's sorry, funny. but, you know, kind of sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, no kidding. She's like, daddy, you know, but those, those people over there with the floor seats – yeah, <laughs> they're getting yeah. Why so can't you get those, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> why can't we sit front row, Daddy? <laughs> Come on, Dude, Blazer that's, Ben. That's absolutely incredible, though. I love, I just, I just love hearing stories about being at a game. I wish I could go to a game soon. Um, but anyway, moving yeah. on. This game, one fifteen to ninety five. Um, I'm gonna start with Blazer Ben. What did you think of this game? We're just gonna blow over game three. Oh, I mean, we could talk about both games. Let's do it. I feel like we gotta just, you know, at least shed a little light on game three, you know, yeah, where, all for it. I mean, but I don't want to ref bash, but you know, I feel like it was another game where we were fighting an uphill battle the entire time, yeah. you know, Capanzo and, and, and Gordon, you know, just playing the pesky defense that they do without getting foul calls, but we're doing the same thing on our end, but we're getting the foul call, you know, Nurk fouling out again, you know, with a, with a, very pitiful performance and probably I'd probably say half his fouls weren't fouls you know he got called for a foul where he was on the ground covering his head okay 
He was on the ground covering his head, and the, the nugget tripped over him. They called a foul on Nurkic. Like, it just blew my mind, some of that stuff that they, they called on, on us. And like I said, it just felt like it was an uphill battle. You know, the, the refs were trying to cover the spread. You know, get their, you know, cut on the... No, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to go. I'm not trying to go that path. It, it, you know, but you can see the frustration in the players' faces, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially the Blazers' the faces. You know, there's only so much complaining. And, you know, the arms go up to the ref every single time. You know, Jokic is familiar with that every single time. It whistles. It's, it's hands are up. What? Me? Me? No, not me. I didn't... No, I didn't hack him. What? But... You know, I feel like we did the best we yeah. could with that third game. You know, it was nice to have all the fans in the arena. Um, you know, the, the boos were loud. You know, that's that's what fed uh, the, the, the game there, too. But, yeah, I mean, moving on to game four, you know. But we were making shots, and Denver wasn't, which was the complete opposite from game three, where we weren't making shots, yeah. and Denver was making everything. I mean, Austin Rivers, I mean – what did Rivers had? He had 20, 20, 21 points, right? In, in game three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe Austin so. Rivers. Let me. Yeah, let me 21 points. Yeah, yeah, he had 21 points. Yeah. yeah, like what? Two months ago, he was sitting on his couch playing NBA 2K, you know? And, and, <laughs> yeah. and now he's coming up, lighting us up, scoring 21 points, you know, the second leading scorer on the team. You know, Michael Porter Jr., 15 points, you know, that's that's decent, but he's supposed to be the second leading scorer on that team right now with, with Murray out. But. The, the game today was, a, I felt like a whole new tempo. You know, we weren't relying on that three. And I think Tim can vouch to that from watching the game that, that we saw. You know, there was a lot less of the constant threes. We drove the ball to the hoop. You know, CJ did a lot of little jab steps into the lane and little little floaters. We did a little pick and roll with Nurk early, which was working. Um, you know, Nurk shots were going in too. And Norman Powell, you know, Norman, this was Norman Powell's game, man. You know, it's like, are we still thinking about that Gary Trent trade? No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we brought Norman Norman Powell in. Yeah, we brought Norman Powell in to give us some playoff expertise and and lead us in some, you know, holes that we had going into the playoffs. And I feel like he he did that for us in this game. You know, he had a a wide open football pass dunk, too, which, you know, was was a game changer, too, I feel like. Uh, but, you know, it was an overall experience. Dame didn't even play in the fourth quarter in this game. Right, Tim? Dame didn't go yeah. back in, right? No, he didn't go back in. Yeah, he didn't play he didn't, at all in the fourth. Yeah, yeah, he didn't go back in. And so that's great for, you know, rest and relaxation for Mr. Lillard. But I, I, it was just an overall team effort. You know, I mean, the, the calls were still there, you know, for both ways. So, but, you know, our, our shots were going in and Denver shots were missing. And, and I'm, that's just what I got. I'm sure Tim can elaborate a lot more on that. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I mean, Tim, I, go ahead. It, go if it. we're going to start with the first game, you know, let's let's talk about your point about it being an uphill battle. Game, uh, game with three. The officiating in game three. Yeah. And, you know, whereas, you know, I think you're, you're right. It was an uphill battle. Um, I also, I also feel like you I'm not a big fan of blaming the officiating. Yes, it was terrible officiating, but there have been many games that the Blazers have won with terrible officiating. I think the Blazers kind of beat themselves a little bit. They they allowed Denver to control the tempo. Um, they were they were they definitely weren't pushing their own pace on Denver. And you know, here's the thing: Austin Rivers had a good game. He had a good game. 
we didn't play well on defense. We didn't play well on offense. You know, the, the, the Blazers couldn't shoot to save their lives in that third game. And I got to say, it wasn't because of Denver's defense. Denver was playing decent defense, but we there were so many wide open uh, jumpers and wide open three point shots that we just missed. You just missed. They were they were just off, man. And I don't know if it was because it was the first game uh, with with uh, what was it, nine thousand fans or eight thousand fans? Eight thousand. With with, with eight thousand fans, maybe maybe they just had a little bit of I hate to say like stage stage shock or fright or whatever you call it, but. You know, I think maybe maybe they just got in their own heads a little too much. And, you know, Nurk fouling out. Like, he fouled out on a dumb foul, man. Like, he knows better than that. He does. Yes, he was already in foul trouble when he got to that point. But, you know, I, I think I think the it was, it was a wake-up call to Portland. And I tell you what, they came out in game four and they controlled the tempo. Denver couldn't get anything going. They couldn't. All game. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, to your point of Portland not falling in love with the three-point shot this game, you know, they, they still shot the three-pointers. I think they just shot it better tonight. They shot 36%. But really, I mean, Norman Powell took over the game. Norman Powell was 4-for-4 four four for three and hit 11 of 15 shots from the field, man. Yeah, two shots a team, that he missed, he was like right at the cup that he normally makes. Yeah, so he could have had an even better stat line than this. Exactly. He could he could have beat his his um, career playoff total, you know. Um, but, you know, as a team, we shot 50% tonight. Yeah. That's crazy. 50% yeah. from the field. I mean, that's amazing. Just and, and, that's even, and that's even with Lillard going one for 10. Yeah. But I mean, you know what De- else? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, De- Denver made one more three-pointer than ours for this game four, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a good, you know, marker. But they also, we weren't relying on the, on the three, which is, which is good. You know, we made 10 more baskets than they did total. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. their score was higher, but those but were they, two points. They also shot 11 more three pointers than we did. They, yeah. they were 29 and a half percent from three. And that's well, a far yeah. cry from where they were last game. Well, when you're down by 10, 15, 20, even 30 at one point, that's what you're going to be doing is shooting three. Well, you're, you're not going to right? go into Jokic and have him pound it for two points because that's not going to gain any ground on a 30-point lead. Yeah. Right. right. But I, mean, but I will I will say the, the biggest difference besides Norman Powell in this game was Damian Lillard. He, he, he didn't have it going offensively. He just didn't. What did he end up with? Uh, 10 points? 10 and but 10. But you know what? He almost, he almost had a triple-double. Mm-hmm. He had 10 points, 10 assists, and eight rebounds in three quarters. Yeah, you know, minutes. and that's what you want your leader to do. You want him if he doesn't have it going offensively, you want him to start finding the the, the guy that does right. And you know, I gotta say, Carmelo played well. Shout out to Carmelo's birthday today too. Happy birthday, brother! Um, that was that was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, the 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 whole arena started singing him Happy Birthday between the third and fourth. That was cool. Um, but, but what I found was was funny is uh, I don't think he noticed. <laughs> he was so locked in. I don't think he noticed. He's focused. <laughs> Not even, didn't so even, have, didn't even have a smirk on his face or anything, man. Like, he was locked in tonight. He probably forgot it was oh. his birthday. He's all like, oh, that's cool. It's someone else's birthday today. <laughs> yeah. Who's this, who's this Carmelo guy? 
Yeah, man. Uh, tonight, tonight was good. Uh, let's see if they can carry this over into the next game in Denver because it's going to be tough. It's going to be yeah. tough in Denver. Denver's going to want to come out and control the tempo again. Like I said, this game, we controlled the tempo right out of the gates and didn't even give Denver a chance at breaking back into this game. I mean, at one point, we were leading by, what, 30, 31, 33 points? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, I think the biggest lead was 33 points. And I think the biggest difference for me, like comparing and contrasting like game three and game four is just Terry Stotts still tinkering with the lineup. I mean, you saw Enos Cantor not get any any run. In game three, yeah. I think he quickly learned that Enos Cantor coming off the bench was kind of closing up the lanes for us because, you know, Cantor likes to clog up that middle on, yeah. on both the offensive end and the defensive end, um, which is, you know, something that works in the regular season. But when you have the firepower that the Nuggets have, you kind of want to spread them out a little more, especially when we have people who could drive the lanes. And that's what we saw in game four is that Norman Powell got to the cup and I have to give Stary props, props, Stary tots. Stary pops? Props. Stary tots. <laughs> <laughs> you just said Stary tots. <laughs> I think I said, I thought I said Terry props. <laughs> you know, when he's, when he's going at it, dude, I'm going to call him just Terry, Terry props. Terry Stotts was Terry props today because he got Norman Powell involved early and just seeing that yeah. confidence. And we haven't had like a Norman Powell game. And this was it mm -hmm. in game four. He got him involved early. And I'm going to give Damian Lillard and also McCollum props because in game three, I felt like Carmelo Anthony was the one that was hot in game three that needed to be fed. And what did, what did Carmelo end with here? He ended up with 17 points. I felt like in that fourth quarter, we should have been feeding Carmelo more. But, you know, in Dame time and CJ time, they kind of massage the ball. They get the shots up a little bit. But this game on game four, they were like looking for Norm Powell to get him involved. And you saw how stressed that Denver defense got. Like, I absolutely yeah. love that we waxed a Denver team with Lillard only scoring 10 points. Well, that tells and, me... And that only playing three quarters. Exactly. Exactly. Get this man some rest, too. Because in game five, yeah. he's going to be feeling fresh. But that tells yeah. me that the game plan was different, even defensively. I don't know if yeah. you guys saw it on the court. When Jokic touched the ball, they waited for him to make a second move because he'll back down. He'll kind of mm -hmm. turn one way, turn the other way. Once he turns the other way, here comes that second defender to poke at the ball. You saw yep. it happen two times, two steals. I mean, let's see. It was Lillard, and I can't remember. It was Covington who stole the other ball from behind. And it just mm -hmm. made him completely uncomfortable the whole game. I've never seen Jokic yep. have a game like that. Have you guys? He was actually, he had the worst plus minus of the entire game. I mean, that's what you got to do. They figured that's something what you out. Do. And I'm so yeah. shocked. Because it's, and you know what? it's not Terry only that, Stotts, fan. We were so not, worried, right? Jokic yeah. isn't going to be like that every game, man. He's, no, he's, he's, not, he's not. But he's not, not. But this game plan worked. And it's going to give him fits for the rest of the series. That is something that you look forward to. Is your, your coach coming up, coming up with a game plan that's going to work for the MVP of the league. Yeah, and you know what else I, I noticed is, uh, you know, the fact that we didn't play Cantor, and, and it, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Cantor is great. He's been great for us all season, but he just doesn't work well with this matchup. Yeah. The way that the, the way that Denver's playing, it doesn't work. And for Terry to go small and put in Rondé Hollis Jefferson instead, I thought Rondé did great 
he played some great ball. And, you know, I know we've been hypercritical of Terry playing Rondé over Derek Jones Jr., but, hey, man, it's working. It's working. He's playing Rondé's an active better. body, man. He's an active he's an, body. He's super active. Yes. It's like he just drank that Red Bull and he's coming in the game. And he's just well, like, and, and, love it. You know, sitting sitting near the bench, <laughs> the one thing, the, the main difference between um, Rondé and Derek that I've seen is Rondé plays with a lot more emotion. You don't see the emotion from Derek, and I feel like Rondé feels it in his soul, right? Like, like he he's out there to make plays. He's out there, like he 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 feels it, man. And I, I just don't think Derek is out there, like feeling the momentum of the game, right? Like 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 he he's not he doesn't show up like Rondé Hollis Jefferson does. He he just plays with more heart, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh, definitely. And I, and I think that's a huge difference in this in this series, especially think, this game. I think with Rondé is just that he's he's a guy who could bang down low a little bit. Like he's a more physical than than um, Derek Jones Jr. And I think that's what we need is someone who's small but still like physically stout that could give like mm-hmm. other bigs like Paul Millsap a problem. Like Millsap yes. doesn't want to go defend all the way at the three point line or run around with Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Like he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to like. This guy, like, he's, like you said, he's a ball of energy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're old, see, I play street basketball sometimes, you know, I play pickup basketball sometimes. <laughs> and the older I get, the less I want to play against a dude who's just unlimited energy. You know what I mean? It wears you out just thinking about it. And with Paul Millsap, he can't be excited to have that matchup. He can't. And, you know, I don't think Paul Millsap had a very good stat line this this game either at least it didn't feel like a particularly paul millsappy game i mean no, let's see here points, two boards <laughs> there we go oh wait sorry that was game nine three. nine, points. Yeah, nine points nine points nine points I'm nine points okay list. all nine right points, six boards i mean he it was it was fine i definitely did didn't fine. feel he his was, presence which is no, something was, that you want he, yeah he was over three from the three-point line which is good um you know i i think i think another guy that really laid an egg for them was marcus howard yeah, you know what? What did yeah. he have the the first game? I I don't even know what what Marcus had. The, You're calling out Marcus Howard. I guess he didn't do great. But dude, here's the thing: like, it's not just Marcus Howard. <laughs> I know for real. It's not <laughs> what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at here is it's not just Marcus Howard. It's it's the entire supporting cast behind Jokic and Gordon and Porter. Yeah, like they they all did not play well this game, and I think that's a testament to the the change in the game plan by terry stotts yeah i I think so too i mean what what do you guys think denver is gonna do differently game five like do you guys are there things that you guys are looking at things that you're worried about maybe another move that they they might have that they haven't flashed yet look i think i think there's something that denver needs to be worried about and it's the fact that we blew them out with dame only scoring 10 points I think yeah. they're going to probably play uh, Norman Powell a little tougher. They're probably going to throw a couple of doubles at him here and there, but you know, I, but you I can't think... you can't throw doubles at him when he's sitting in the corner at the three-point line, and that's his bread and I, butter section right there. Is it the corner? I think I think Denver's got some work to do. I think they've got their work cut out for them, as long as Portland can continue to knock down their shots. Yeah, Ben. Well, ben, what do you yeah. think? I just I just want to ask like why is Simon still getting uh, a decent run? I'm I don't know man. 
I don't he's, know. He's, his plus minus is, is not good for both games. You know, he's getting like, uh, he's getting like 15 minutes uh, game three, and he got, what did he get this game? I mean, who are you going to throw in there, though? Who are you going to throw 20, in there? Derek Jones, get him in there. Anthony Simons comes in, and he's not a factor. He comes in, he does two fouls, maybe does a turnover, maybe sinks a three. Great. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. You get Derek Jones in there, you get a deflection. You get a dunk. Yeah, you that's get, true. You know, uh, someone up there that's given a harder foul because Anthony Simon's fouls are the most tiki tack fouls known to man. You know, it's like he breathes on somebody <laughs> and it's a foul. I want, I'm, I'm a strong advocate. I need Derek Jones in there. I need to know why he's not in there and why he's not playing and why Simon's is getting such a big run. You know what? I would love to see a lineup of, you know, Norman Powell. Um, either CJ or Dame and Derek Jones Jr., Rondé Hollis Jefferson, and Robert Covington. I would love to see that. Yeah, I would love to see that too. I mean, Derek Jones Jr. just seems like he's in no man's land, dude. Like, he's, I don't think, I don't foresee him really getting any minutes over Simons because it seems like Stotts has made up his mind that at Simons, maybe the three point threat to spread the floor a little bit he is made what one great i know i have absolutely no idea it's it's a huge question mark to me too mm-hmm. i would love to see derrick jones more over simons just because i'm a derrick jones fan i'm not particularly an anthony simons fan in the current system that he's in right now mm-hmm. just because i don't see him as a point guard man no i don't he is we, absolutely nah. not a point guard yeah we've said this before he's he's more of a two than a, than a one and he's really not even like yeah. you can't even call him really a combo guard either. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I, I'm with you guys. I'm with you on this. Yeah. I think the thing that I'm worried about the most for for game game five and maybe game six is that I think I think they still have a move left, and that is rushing back Will Barton. Yeah. If Will Barton comes back, yes. you know, we saw get, we saw him warming up before the game and I started sweating a little bit. He looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. I'll say that and what the Denver reporters were saying is that is that Denver did not particularly feel rushed to get him back for this series after leading 2-1. I guess you know, after game 3, they felt pretty good about themselves and saying, you know, we'll let him rest some more just in case this series gets a little sweaty and we need him down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But this game, is, this series is sweaty now. <laughs> it's 2-2. And we just waxed him. We just yeah. waxed him for game four. So game five, I would not be surprised to see Will Barton on the floor, which would add a whole nother dynamic to this Nuggets team. I mean, if you want to talk about someone, another person, another body that you need to play some defense, Will Barton is that guy because he does that. He plays good defense and you talked about how they're shutting down cj they're trying to shut down dame and that left open norm powell and that's that's gonna be the game plan going forward and norm powell needs to beat his matchup every single game that is actually what i think the x factor is now is is norm powell it has to be norm powell right i mean i think so i bet we i bet we see barton next game i bet we see him i I think whether he starts or comes off the bench i'm pretty sure i I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that we see him. I think Denver would be foolish not to to rush him back for this next game. Yeah, I I would I would too. I mean, like history says that game five is legitimately the most important game, it's the right? Decider. 
it's the deciding game. So let's see what happens at game five. Another factor that we have to have to consider is is fouls. And the way that this game has been officiated. After game three, Dame and Nurk had some things to say. Um, I'm gonna just go through it unless someone else wants to read it. Uh, go ahead, man. All right. So, so, well, well, Dame, what he said, he said, we're playing aggressive and physical just like they are, and everything we do is a foul. I'm not saying that that's the reason we lost. This is after game three. But I'm saying it's going to be tough when they shoot the ball that well from three, and we fight and scratch and claw back into the game, and then everything we do is a foul. That's what Dame had to say about the officiating. Nurk, what he had to say is, gotta trick the referees, right? <laughs> it's what they do. I don't know. It's my fault to get to foul trouble, but at the same time, I'm looking at the foul, and I can't agree with all those, man. I really can't. I feel like four or five fouls, Nikola Jokic is a great player, but he just grabs my arm and holds my hand, and they give me the fifth foul. I think that's unacceptable in the playoffs. If they have four, if they have to have four referees out there, then have four rep referees, <laughs> yes, which is Nurk. the most hilarious. I love Nurk response. so much. <laughs> I love. Didn't that I talk too. about that like like a month or so ago about having four refs out on the court? I think yeah, you did. Pretty sure you I did. did. You did. Nurk Nurk agrees with you. I mean, yeah. See, you know, we consulted. We texted back and forth after game three, and you know, he's, he, I got his yeah. back, man. Ben, do you think this these comments had an effect on game four? I mean, I, I it's not going to change anything. You know they're not gonna cater their call their game calling just because of a couple comments. You know, uh, I do believe that the whole NBA system where they do the last two minutes of the games, and they're like, oh yeah, that call that we did that was you know very vital and the game changing thing is wasn't a foul. Yeah. But you know the game's over now, so you know. I hate too that. bad, so sad. I but hate that last two minute review stuff. I don't. I like what does it add? That. Like what, what's yeah? What's the point? What does it add to the game? It's just calling that you did a crappy job. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, you know, we did, we did screw up there. Oh well, let's do it again next time. Next time, <laughs> let's do it next game. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, sorry, the game was decided by one point yeah. from those two free throws we gave to the other team. Eh. Oops. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't feel like the, the comments are gonna, you know, the, the, the refs aren't looking at stuff like this, man. You know? Yeah, Tim, what they're, do you think? They're, oh, yeah. cool. sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, I. I, I don't I don't know if it actually uh, made a difference, but you know it's it's interesting to me to hear your leader of your franchise and arguably the second or third best on your team uh, player on your team calling out these refs, man. Like this doesn't happen normally. It, that doesn't happen, right? Unless it's like LeBron James or something. Um, I I. I, I, I'm going to say it probably didn't have any effect on uh, the way the game was called, but I think it was good for our players to get it off their chest. You know, they were upset. They felt like they they were slighted. And yeah. I think I think it's worth it acknowledging the fact that maybe Damon Nurk just had to get it out there. And now that it's out there, they they know the world knows how they feel and maybe they can play a little looser, not, not, uh, not worrying about that. I don't know. But, the, but the, with those comments, those are comments that get uh, fines. Yeah. So I find that interesting that we didn't get fined for criticizing the officiating. Yep. You know, and actually, yeah. I was listening to to Nurk's um, post game uh, presser, and he was he was he said 
because he said a lot more than just this, but he said, you know, I, I don't want to get fined, but you know, it, whatever, if I have to get fined, I'll get fined, whatever. But this is, this is what I have to say about this. And, uh, yeah. and I, you know, I, I, ha- I almost put, put this under our giving props segment, but you know, I gotta say, I, I kind of do give them props for this. Like buck the system, man. If they're going to say, we're going to fine yeah. you for criticizing us, whatever, man. Like, like if you got a, if you got a bad coworker or like a bad boss or something, do you just keep your head down and, and just shut up and keep doing it? What, what, <laughs> what they, you know, what they tell you or at some point does, does it get to the, a point where you have to say something and speak up? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say that it did, it did do something. Um, just because I, I want to believe that the league listens to its players and the league is searching for, for fairness, for fairness in these playoff games. And I want to say that that Dame and Nurk aren't aren't particularly vocal when it comes like in the regular season about fouls. Dame, I've never really seen Dame complain as much as he was complaining game three. Yeah. Game three, he was almost demonstrative whenever a foul was called because he's like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They're taking the juice out of the building. Mm-hmm. And that's what was happening on game four, on game three. That's and it. I hope that it made a difference because on game four, it seemed like it seemed like Nurk could really get physical. Like really, really get physical with Jokic. And this is something that I wanted to touch on because Jokic, part of the reason why he wasn't doing so well is because Nurk put so much pressure on Jokic to defend him. Yeah. I mean, how many times did Nurk get to the block and just bully ball, back him down, quick drop step off the glass and ride in. And Nurk is just just smiling, running (laughs) down like, I got this full today. Oh, yeah. Like, I absolutely love that. You know, that was a big criticism of mine from game three. And I'm, I'm glad you said... It took the juice out of the building. If we're going to talk about game three real quick. Um, that is exactly how it felt. Not just because we were losing. Because it, yeah. it was a tight game for most of it. But that is exactly how it felt after every foul that was called. I, I just wanted to put that out there. But talking yeah. about Nurk, you know, having his way with, with Joker today. That was awesome. Game three seemed like Nurk's touch around the rim just wasn't there. I don't know if it was because of all the fouls and maybe it was in his in his head or something, but man, tonight he his touch was so soft around the rim. And it, it was yeah. nice to see, man. Because, you know, there are times where Nurk looks amazing on the block. There are other times like game three where it's like he can't even pay for the ball to go in. Like he just he, he just can't <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. Like maybe he's too amped yeah. up or something, but yeah, tonight, tonight, or excuse me, today. I, I'm so used to games being in the evenings, man. I know it's weird. Um, but today he he looked great, man, and it and I yeah. hope it continues. I hope we get this Nurk for the rest of the season because or uh, series because it, it's gonna make it tough on Joker. I think it really did. I mean, like Joker, he always looks like he's gassed, yeah. you know, but he somehow just like makes every shot go in. It's sort of like watching Dirk Nowitzki play where like it looks like he's wild and out of control and just super duper tired, but <laughs> yeah. he actually did look tired this game because yes. Nurkic was taking it to him on the block and I think it was also part of the offensive plan mm-hmm. to put Jokic in these high screen and rolls and to attack him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that I'm going to watch every single game now 
is is who we're bringing up on these high pick and rolls and if we're gonna catch Jokic uh, on these drives because I want him to be involved in every single play because Jokic I mean when he gets rest he is an absolutely scary man that could just tear you up mm-hmm. on the offensive end and I don't want that to happen again Nurkic looks like he doesn't want that to happen again too because he was really taking it to him mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like it almost seemed like he was toying with him a little bit because one of the turnarounds one of the dropback steps I mentioned it earlier he was smiling like absolutely <laughs> smiling and like I got this full tonight like he cannot stop me which is something that is just so good to see going into game five um I mean do you guys have anything else to touch on with games three and four you know I, I just wanted to to go back to our experience at at the game today um you know, it was it was yeah, it was it. phenomenal. But you know, f- funny anecdote is uh, I don't know if you guys you guys ever have your phones out while you're at the game. You know, taking pictures, yeah. whatever. Never. You know, I, I was. Never. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was actually planning on uh, posting some tweets while I was there and stuff. You know, interacting with 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 our Twitter followers and and stuff. And uh, funny thing is, I ended up dropping my phone and where we were sitting it's like that that we were in 119 and it's like the built up uh section like the risers, risers yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. yeah yeah and the and the dang thing <laughs> fell an entire story down oh god onto concrete Ooh. so i didn't have my phone the whole like at player introductions too is it broken is it broken you know what funny enough it is completely fine Thank goodness. What lives to see it another drop. to see another day. But what it, at the same time, I have to give a crazy mad shout out to uh, Fletch from Guest Services because that dude okay. is incredible at finding phones. I was not the only person. <laughs> I was not the only person that this happened to today. There were like 20 shout or th- Fletch. For real. There were like 20 or 30 other people standing yeah. at Guest Services Oh my goodness. Waiting for Fletch <laughs> to bring them their phone. <laughs> Dude, that's absolutely the phone finder. Dude, he came in he came in clutch for me. It was Fletch, great. So the phone fighter. So sorry. Like sorry uh to our Twitter followers. My bad. It won't happen again. I will make sure I'll put like a leash on it or something. <laughs> that's what's up. And with that, I'm gonna go to our last segment, and that of course is called giving props. <laughs> I'm going to start with our definition, and that is giving kudos, giving applause to a certain person, story, or situation. So, Tim and Ben, I want to know if you give this props. So, lately, fans have been acting really crazy. Absolutely crazy. And Shameful. it's something that we you don't like to see. And what has happened is, I mean, Russell Westbrook, he had popcorn poured on him by a fan as he was leaving the stadium. Trey Young... During an inbounds play, a New Yorker just was throwing, was spitting spit out of his mouth onto his back. Spitting spit, huh? Spitting spit, <laughs> as opposed to spitting out his drink. I don't, I don't know. John, John Morant, John Morant's family was in the stands, and Utah Jazz fans were just saying explicit remarks to John Morant's family while the game was going on, and the league has responded. The league has responded by, or these individual teams have responded by banning these fans, some with lifetime bans, 
some just for playoffs. Good. I want to know, Ben, do you give this props? Yeah, man, there's no room for that. There's no excuse for that. There's just the, the anarchy that the fan thinks that they could do. You know, just pouring popcorn on Russell. I think he was leaving the game to an injury, too. Yeah. Yeah. And there was just a little yeah. crease in the in the tunnel because they do cover up most of it when it walks in. There was a little crease, and the guy just dumps his popcorn on the like what do you who in their mind is like oh yeah i'm gonna dump popcorn on russell westbrook because he's leaving the game that you know that bad dude i wasn't gonna say a bad word but you know i watched the video of the of the new york fans spitting on trey young as it's as the video stops and it circles the spit and it goes on to trey like what 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 is going through your head you're like yeah i'm gonna spit on trey young man like literally and then obviously to the fans that were heckling john Morant's family no no room for that stuff in the nba man no excuses like if you go sit in the courtside seats down here at the blazer games they put a, a code of conduct on the uh, on the seats and i'm sure nobody reads them you know but it's a standard protocol throughout the nba they usually put the stickers on like the first five rows of the uh, of the arenas um you know that say stuff like you know grounds for immediate ejection stuff like that for da 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 don't go on the court don't throw on the court don't you know yell at the players anything like that but you know yelling at the players in a in a friendly banter is normal you know what i mean like oh you're yeah. gonna miss that three something like that you know what i mean but you know to yell explicit stuff like i mean i might i can't even because this is a family friendly pod but you know it's just uncalled for and, and yeah. i give props to the the league the organizations that are banning these fans you know there's no excuse for it not at all absolutely no excuse tim you give props yeah uh to, to the NBA, yeah, I, I give props to the NBA because, you know, as as fans, like, who do you think you are? You know, would you go and spit spit on somebody while they're, you know, you're out to dinner? Would you go spit on somebody because they ordered the wrong steak? Like, would you spit on your waiter? You know what I mean? Right. Like, 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 who do you think you are? You're, you're, you're paying for some entertainment. First of all, y'all must have been locked up in your house for far too long during this, this pandemic. Obviously. Obviously. Obviously, because you have nothing better to do <laughs> than heckle somebody's family, saying some explicit stuff, spitting on a player, dumping popcorn on somebody who's leaving due to an injury. Come on, man. Like you're gonna go, you're gonna go dump like, like somebody's pudding or, or, or juice on them while they're sitting in the hospital. Not that you know Westbrook's in the hospital, but you know what I mean, like. Like you see, you you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go spit on somebody who just twisted their ankle while you while you're out there hooping. Like, come on, guys! Like that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, that's you, absolutely. You ridiculous. deserve to be banned. I mean, I I don't know if it's worth a lifetime ban, but it's definitely worth a ban for a while and probably a long while. So you can sit down in, in a corner and think about what you've done. Like that, also I just think, think about ridiculous. what we've gone through the last year. You know yes. what I mean? With no fans. The bubble, no fans. You're now being entered into the game and you're acting a fool? Yeah. And you uh, know, my my you know, I, I, I didn't follow these uh, uh, stories too closely. Um, but the, the guy that spit on uh, on Trey Young. Like at one yeah. at one point during this pandemic, that was a felony. Yeah. That was Absolutely. a felony, bro. And this is in New York, too, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, a hot spot for COVID. Like, are you serious? You're going to spit on somebody. Yeah. that's That one is probably the most foul 
in in my opinion i mean if we're ranking these i mean we shouldn't have to rank these for real but that one was like like are you serious like this is kind of an extreme example but with with john ja morant's like family like these are human beings like they're not they're not like they're not like zoo animals that you're going to watch like these are human beings playing basketball and this is this human being's family like if you were at your like son's like little league game and the opposite family <laughs> opposite team's like family is over there you're not gonna go heckle them you're not gonna go spit on a little kid yeah you're not gonna pour like popcorn on a kid that just got injured on the field um you shouldn't do that to grown adults either right um, I think that's the biggest thing is that, dude, we cannot give props to the B these fans doing these things, but we give props for the NBA protecting the league yeah. because I don't want this taken away. No, I don't way. want this I taken mean, away, guys. Real, I don't. I want quick, fans though, to be in the stands, man. The Go fans ahead. in New York, though, they are up to the court already. You know, yeah. I love how a lot of the arenas, though, like the Blazers arena, you know, they got a couple rows of courtside seats and then they block up the fans from that. Madison Square Garden is just like, eh, let them all in, you know? We'll just put them up all the way up behind the benches, all the way up on the court. It's crazy, man. You it's know, crazy I to like see. the protocol that a lot of the arenas have done where they've, you know, blocked off the first 10 rows just to give safety and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I feel like that should be a, a implemented thing here on out, you know, just, just for safety of players, just to, you know, what's going on in today's world, you know? Yeah. To, to wrap this up, Meta World Peace actually had something to say. He basically said that um, these players Meta, are basically Meta giving... Who? Meta World Peace, Ron Artest, a.k.a. <laughs> <laughs> he, he basically said these players are giving their all, basically. And that this is the ultimate sign of disrespect. And I cannot agree with Meta World Peace more. And for our next no, story... No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I'm stopping oh, you. What? Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, what? Happened? Was oh, Meta oh. World Peace not involved in the Palace Brawl? The Malice of the Palace? The yes. Yes. The yeah, he, feels he was very, in the stands. Yes. Yeah, he feels very passionate about fans <laughs> messing with players, you know? I mean... <laughs> Hey, I mean, did like, you, he's, did he's you, the epitome <laughs> of, of fan interaction did and you, players. Did you hear what Charles Barkley said? No. What did he say? Charles Barkley said you should be able to go into the stands one once per game and beat up somebody. <laughs> Just throw some fists. <laughs> well, Charles has got to get up there first. He's going to be winded by the time he gets up there. Oh like, who, who threw that popcorn on me, guys? Love it. And that is exactly how Charles sounds. Uh, I'd like to yeah. clarify. I don't give Metal World Peace props for, for Malice in the Palace, but I give him props for what he said, man. I give him props for what he said. And for the next story, man, did you guys know what Tony Parker's second act is right now? Dude, no. <laughs> Dude, he is qualifying for the 2021 World Series Poker main event. Ooh, yeah, He's buddy. made it to the next thing. He reportedly is the first player overall to qualify for this year's event, which typically attracts several thousands of players. Tim, wow. do you give Tony Parker props? Yeah, I give him props, man. Look, I give props to any professional athlete after their career is over, pursuing another venture, whatever that may be. Like, this guy likes poker. He decided he's going to go play in the big leagues. And you know what? It looks like he's good enough to play. The dude is a competitor. I, awesome. I, I give him mad props. That's crazy, man. 
Tim gives props. I hope he walks Laser away with a bracelet. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I give him props. I, I, you know, I'll just echo everything Tim just said. You know, once a player leaves the NBA, as long as they're not blowing their money on, you know, cars, girls, and you know, other extracurricular stuff, you know, that's 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 great to see. You know, I mean, just to say, he's probably odds are very stacked in his not against him. Or that doesn't make any sense. I have no but, idea you know, what you that, just said. <laughs> the odds are stacked against him, you know, for being a first-time yeah. World Series of Poker player. But just to say, for the first place, 2019 World Series of Poker main event was a $10 million prize. 2018 was an $8.8 million prize for playing poker. Yeah. I'm not going to say poker is an easy sport by any means. It takes a lot of brain power, a lot of, you know, uh, strategic moves and whatnot. And, and I am not good at it at all. I've tried tried playing poker. I'm not good at it. You know, I don't I don't have the willpower for that. But so I give them props. Like I said, I, I'm gonna give Tony Parker props for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what Tony Parker's like trash talking game is like. He seems like a very quiet kind of person. But the league has some of the best trash talkers in the game, and I'm just hoping that Tony Parker picks some of that up. Because I would love to see that in poker, man. I would love to see that in poker. But Tony Parker, mad props to you. I mean, it is not easy to play poker. That's for sure. For our next story, Nurkic fires back at Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins called him. Let's see. What did he call him again? He said Nurkic and Cantor are the worst defensive bigs in in the NBA. And Yusuf Nurkic had a response. He basically said... The guy at ESPN, the big fella, Perkins, I guess if he was in the league, today he'd be a mascot. I mean, I like him as a person. (laughs) Tim, do you give Nurkic props for this clapback? I can't express enough how much I love Nurk. And this just makes me love him even more. I I love him firing back at Perk because Perkins says some dumb stuff sometimes. And for him to call our best defensive big one of the worst i mean he's i took that as top two worst defensive bigs in the league yeah i mean really you're gonna call nurk okay i i love it i love nurk firing back at him heck yeah man especially like in the midst of the playoffs too yeah screw that guy Kendrick Perkins must not like advanced analytics. Anyway, <laughs> Ben, what do you think? Nah, you ever see Kendrick Perkins on ESPN when he's doing his annals? He looks like this up on the screen. Like, hey, I'm Kendrick Perkins here <laughs> reporting on the uh, Jazz and, and, and uh, Memphis game. For those who can't see, Ben just took up like two-thirds of his screen. Oh, yeah. And sorry. he made his <laughs> neck about it's, four it's times the size. That's why it's called a podcast. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, well, you know, Kendrick Perkins has played with some of the greats. You know, KG, he played with LeBron, I think. You know, so it, it makes his head a little bigger. But it doesn't give him room to just say whatever he wants, especially when it's a, so negative of an aspect of a, of a good player, you know, that's semi in his prime, you know, that's yeah. balling out in the playoffs. You, you know, know what? Kendrick Perkins, he ended his career in the G League. He like, did. wait, what? He did. You know like, what? Maybe you, this is like a, a ploy to get Nurk to play harder. Maybe. Hey, man, if it puts fuel behind him to get going a little more, yeah, that's fine. But hey, I don't, Maybe we should be giving props to Perk. No. <laughs> no. I'm not giving props to Perk. No way. 
I think so there may be a hang. They'll hang his jersey up in the Canton Charge uh, rafters, wherever that, wherever that is. I think it's in Canton. What? Where? Ah, whatever. I mean, Static! Kendrick Perkins. All I got to say is, look at, look at, look at my man stat line. Game four. I mean, two blocks, one steal. Come on now. Plus minus thirty-two. Worst defensive big in the league. Please, he had—he was a—he was a beast today. He was a Bosnian beast today, dude. He had ultimate presence. I cannot give Kendrick Perkins props for his opinion, but I will give Nurk props for the clapback. I mean, just saying something as simple as if you were in the league today, you'd be a mascot. Like, ouch, dog. <laughs> like, for real. He straight punked him. <laughs> he did punk him. He did punk, and it's not wrong. That's the thing. Yeah. You could be funny. What's a? You could be insulting if it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> That's, is that like the rule? And that was definitely funny. Anyway, that concludes our podcast for today. Of course, I'd like to thank Blazer Ben for being on the pod. Thank you, Blazer Ben. Uh, thanks for having me. As always, it was great to be in the arena for Game Three and Four. You know, sharing our experience. You know, yeah. We don't look to do it again. Sounds good, brother. And Tim, dude, I never thank you enough. Tim, my sidekick, my brother. Thank you, my man. Of course, man. Of course. Always a pleasure. And our last props, or our last thank you goes to our fans. And it's you guys just make it so easy. I mean, I know I know Tim dropped his phone and it fell like a full story onto concrete. But I was there with you. I was there tweeting out. You guys were responding back. And you guys just wrote this outline for us just by your comments. So keep, keep writing to us. Keep re- retweeting stuff. Keep liking stuff. Um, anyway, let's, let's Tim. Let's build that community. Absolutely. Tim, what you got to say? Well, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.